Raisin Man Arena. All right. Wait, are we on? Yeah, you guys are busting my balls. Oh. Now we're on. Okay. Felipe has to pee. I we're have to on. pee. Okay, we started. Oh, fuck it. No one's no no one's shutting the hell up. Af- after two years of doing this, we know just the buttons to press <laughs> to, <laughs> to get Felipe, Felipe start the show. Absolutely <laughs> horny. Historically, <laughs> historically. <laughs> Sarah arrives, you know, uh, at seven fifty-five. You know, we we do the show at eight p.m. To the that's supposed to eight, be at my eight a.m. I'm I, asleep. Yeah. Uh, Sam's asleep. <laughs> okay, historically, we do the show at eight a.m. Sam, you know, seven fifty-five comes around. Sam's asleep. I have to wake him up. Sarah's getting a donut. I've been up since seven setting up. Lord, it looks it looks like the damn Nebuchadnezzar from the Matrix over here. Like all the cables. Everyone's jacked in. There's, you know, huge cables going to the back of our necks. And and we usually start at 8.10 because it takes a while to get, you know, this machine moving. But then today, all of a sudden, <laughs> Lena's in the house and she's like, you know, when I'm up at 8 a.m. and you guys are on, it doesn't feel good. And suddenly, Sam and Sarah are a couple of, are a couple of start on time Nellies. <laughs> and they're like, why aren't, we, why aren't we starting on time? Why aren't we? It's 8 a.m. Why are we torturing people? It's like, we usually start at 8.07, 8.08. Suddenly, I'm the, one who's, I'm the one who's being crazy. I have to pee, but I haven't peed. Can't pee now. I'm a man of routine, okay? Yeah. Uh, some people set yep. their clocks to race <laughs> Okay, <laughs> and I just look at that number and I see we have five viewers waiting in the right at, on the dot. And I say those are precious lives. Those are five people who've chosen to spend their morning with us. We got them listening to intro music, not knowing when, when, when is it going to start. It's true, but you know this isn't. We're not. You know we're not um nationally syndicated radio. You know we don't. Not yet. We're not right not on time. Not yet. It's true, but you know we can kind of. You can kind of play around. We can kind of be loose. Kind of feel it out. Mm. I think it gives. I think it gives the show a little more uh, a more organic feeling. That's yeah. true. Well, yeah. tell us in the chat. Do you like it when we start late, or do you wish that we started on time? I'm thinking a lot of people probably don't even listen to it at this time. Fuck. How many people from our friend group wake up this early? I can't, I can't think of a single one outside of the confines of this house. I know. Sarah wouldn't even be one of those people. No, absolutely if you not. Do the show. Absolutely <laughs> not. I'm asleep till cool 10:15. Um I'm looking at who views the story. Caroline's awake right now. Caroline, get in the chat. Annabelle's here. She liked it late today because she pressed snooze. That's right. Carly Marulli agrees. All right. Well, listen okay. to this. Well, okay. To this. I bite my tongue. I'm surprised. W- I'm surprised that more people don't get up at, you know, seven or eight. I feel like that's kind of the mood. That's kind of right. regular. That's what you did in middle school. That's what you did in high school. And then you get to college. Everyone's like, let's wake up later. Why wouldn't you it's just true. keep that? And you only have 4,000 weeks in your life. And every week is oh like God. an empty jar Jesus moving Christ. by on a conveyor belt oh that you need God. to fill with stuff. Oh, my God. <laughs> At least that's how I feel about it. Sam. So if you're not waking up till 1030 in the morning, you're not getting the jar all the way full. Isn't that right? That's right. Yeah. And as Warren Buffett says, you need to have two lists. You got to have two lists. <laughs> Oh an open list God. and a closed list. I knew, you know, I knew I part of me, the better part of me thought, I'll send this video to my friends. So I sent a video to my friends that my mom sent me about like how you only have 4,000 weeks in your life and you should uh, kind of try and maximize it in certain ways. And that paradoxically, like the problem with the modern world today is that there's too many good things to do and the way you sort of... F- 
deal with your stress is that you sh- you should limit the number of things you try and do things like that and i thought okay this this is a corny video but there's some really good stuff in here and my f- friends are going to extract the good things from this video <laughs> and separate it from the chaff and they'll find truths about their own lives that they can th- they can apply things from this video but of course no, 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 no. <laughs> I knew that my friends would absolutely detest this. No, no. Well, but I should be clear. So Sam sends us this video. Last Histo- night. Last night. Historically, Sam, I would say, I say you and your mom, I think, are the kind of, are a team in this. Yeah. You guys are kind of um, <laughs> self, uh, self-optimizers. self mm. Am I wrong about this? Yeah, Sam and mom against I know. the world. <laughs> I know your mom's always sending you articles about like, Mm-hmm. You know, my mom is a leadership coach, right? So right. It's, it's her job to know about stuff like this, so like she, how many weeks you have left yeah. in your life. Yeah, so she's, always, <laughs> she's always reading little articles like how to turn yourself into a better cog in the capitalist machine, how to no, sleep less hours, no. how to be happier so you can. No, I'm joking, but you know, yeah. Uh, and famously, me on the other hand. I'm a person who believes people don't change and stay the same. That's and it's right. just a, a, a <laughs> long right. slog, rainy slog through life where you just don't change even one don't bit. Don't even look up. Don't yeah. look up and look around. <laughs> yeah. Keep your head down <laughs> one moment into the next, a blur. Look yeah. down and read little cartoons as yeah. you bump around <laughs> in the kitchen loudly. Yeah. <laughs> the only... Uh, okay, I believe people don't change. The only thing you can learn... Little skills like skateboarding and <laughs> little drawing. Skills. Little skills. That's this is the right. little skills theory. Yeah. Yeah. Of life, you should be acquiring as many little skills as possible. Mm-hmm. So I opened this video thinking, okay, cool. You know, because I like a little bit, of, a little bit of you know, self optimization. Like, oh, this is going to show me how to get more cartoons done. <laughs> I open. <laughs> I open the video. You only have four thousand weeks in your life. Jesus Christ! <laughs> what the fuck? I'm already de- instantly. I'm depressing. He actually, and in the video, he Ugh. shows you a graph of the weeks as they as they peter away. I don't know if you what saw they this. look like if you're fifty. What they look like if you're thirty six. What they look like if you're twenty two. Yeah. We're not even twenty two. We're older than I that. I know we're older than that. So we have less than in the twenty two graph. Yeah. And I'm thinking, oh my god, I don't even want to think. Of it. it should be more. Four thousand is too few. It seems like it should be more. Yeah, it, it should be, be a, a number you can't even count. Like Truthfully, a four billion. I thought it was way more, and so I got stressed immediately that my life was going to be way shorter than I envisioned. And and then he says, then he then he goes into the like, uh, into a kind of um, what do you call it? A kind of real relaxation ideology, right? Where he's like, we do too many things. We feel like we have to fill up our lives, and so we have this. Um, what's it called? Um, existential dread, or what's it? What does he call it? Existential overwhelm. Overwhelm. Yeah. And then he's like, well, here's the here's the solution, and this is a solution Warren Buffett told to his helicopter driver. <laughs> and he's like, write down twenty of the goals you have in your life. Twenty six goals. Twenty six goals. And then delete all of them all except the first five. And don't even look at the other goals. Don't even look at them. Throw them away. And the video is like t- telling you this as if you're going to be like, ah, my life is freed up. Now I can kind of relax. But all I thought was, all to me, what it just was saying was like, just accept that you're going to die. Accept that no, not everything can happen. Accept that there are things you will never just don't even think about trying other stuff. Yeah. Don't, but don't you think that's true that you are going to die and and that not everything can happen? Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'd rather no. I'd rather live I'd rather live my life and every moment thinking like, oh maybe you know maybe this week I will try to get into that and it doesn't go anywhere, but I just do it for a little while 
and then I, f- yeah. I stay happy. It feels like my life could include all these things, even though it doesn't. I don't want to be like, no, I, I can't start to learn how to sing because I'm, I only have 4,000 <laughs> weeks. What? Like, I learned poker? That's not part of my five goals of life. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'd rather totally. start a thing and, and then not do it and be like, eh, I tried it. Yeah. That's all good, you know? Yeah, yeah. no, I, I agree in that. I, I don't know how a philosophy that like that would com- comport into the, the, the video. I also had a problem where I was like, oh, you shouldn't just do really shittily all the things you don't care about that are in your top five goals. That's the next step. Because that would be yeah. annoying. That would be an annoying person. Yes. Is, that, is that what he says? So then the second phase, so then to deal with um, so the efficiency trap is part two. And the efficiency trap is that the more efficient you are at doing things, the more things you have to do. The faster you answer emails, the more emails you get back. You have to answer more emails. Um he said, the, the better you are at doing dishes, the more often you'll be assigned to dish duty. That's not the way that it works in my that's apartment. Not yeah, that's, that's not true not at true. all. <laughs> the faster you are doing dishes, the happier you are. The faster you can go, watch TV. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but so you're saying that being efficient just generates an infinite list of more things to do, and you're just trapped in this sense of um, existential doom because you can never get to the end. So he says that you need to decide what are the things you want to be exceptional at, and then everything else you should just be good enough like, you should just clean your apartment 80% of the way. Um, you should answer emails, like, as slowly as you can without people getting mad at you. Um, and that way, you will make time for the things that you care about the most. And people won't be too angry or disappointed. Yeah, I have to think about it. I don't know if that's true of me in my life. Yeah. Because it's like, if I don't answer emails quickly, I just don't answer them, you know? That's true. Or people don't get mad at me, but they don't tell you. They are mad at you. They don't tell you. Yeah, I feel like I already do sort of do that. There's so many things in my life yes. where I'm like, I'm just meeting the minimum requirement to keep <laughs> that going along. And then I also am very messy. Like, I don't take housework seriously at all. I'm always like, this is the cost of my um, brilliance. brilliance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And my roommates must bear it <laughs> for the betterment of the world. Yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking about Raisin Man on Wednesdays. I'm not yeah. going to. I'm not going to wipe down the counter. Totally. I think I talked about this before in the podcast, but we've moved. We keep Every time I, I get better at keeping the apartment clean, as clean as my roommates want it, they raise the standard up higher oh, God. so that we have an even cleaner apartment. And now we've gotten to the level where there are not to be any excess objects in the common room. They get disappeared if they are left. They <laughs> get disappeared. Yeah, they get gone. Moved. <laughs> yeah. The dirty war <laughs> happening in your living There's room. There's a war. I come in, my AirPods are gone. My books, my <laughs> piles of stuff. It all gets disappeared overnight. And then so. you look at a photograph where you had the AirPods in the past and they're not in there. <laughs> <laughs> They've been edited out of the photograph. Yeah, I'm not allowed to say I ever had them. So. Sarah's marching down the street with like a picture of her AirPods. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. return my AirPods. Yeah. <laughs> so I am saying that, yeah, the more time I put into being clean in my apartment, the more is expected of me. So in this so. case, you are saying that that is so I do the more you do, the more, more begets more. Yes, more begets more, and I do try to minimize things that I'm like, ah, I'll just slide by on this. But sometimes it gets crazy if you try to live like that, where you're like, ah, I'll just eat macaroni and cheese again. <laughs> I know, and then Forever. that doesn't feel good. Yeah, it doesn't feel good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't have to eat well. I can just, I don't have to really exercise You can just eat much. carbs. Yeah. You can just eat carbs. You can just eat carbs. <sighs> anyway. They taste good. Yeah. They taste good. And then there's this phase three. What's phase three? What's the phase three in the video? It's oh, it was like live your life f- 
Like oh. everyone's last. And I didn't Every, I didn't fuck with that one. Live your life as if everything you're doing, you're doing it for the last time. So this way you can be present in the moment. See, that's the thing. It's and I think that encapsulates the whole video. It's like it does the opposite thing. Because you sh- you would think that if someone told you this is the last time you're ever gonna have a kiss, that you would enjoy it so much. You would be like, Oh, it's the last one. I gotta like really like use the tongue. But if <laughs> if it really is, if it really, I gotta grab the ass. And he says that in the video, man. <laughs> I gotta use the tongue deep. <laughs> but if it really, two if in really, the pink, yeah. one in the sting. <laughs> <laughs> Don't say that on here. Don't say that. That's a band. I'm banned. Phrase here. Banned phrases. Yeah. But if you really were thinking that way during your last, <laughs> kid, there's no better way to. To be in a to like get your brain off of what's happening because you're like fuck it's my last one it's my last one never again never again I have to think about this I have to like be it's like no you're crying the, the <laughs> actual the actual way to be present is actually a, the state of Zen where you don't even you don't even think about past or future or or endings or beginnings it's just like you're just pr- literally present in the moment not thinking about this being your last thing the infinity of the present moment yeah uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you say it in a funny voice, but, but is it not true. true? It's true. It's, it's true. true. Well, what do you think about that, Sam? I no, I I I agree. I don't think that thinking about everything is your last time you're doing it is necessarily the pathway into enjoying your life more. <laughs> yeah. But I do, I do think that we should contemplate death and that <laughs> we should understand that we are mortal creatures and that we're not on this earth forever, and. Let you, that should factor into your life philosophy in some way. And then I do think that I personally and many of my friends through observation of mine uh, suffer from the anxiousness of having too many things to do. Totally. And that it would be nice. I wish I could give them some sort of anecdote. I mean, some sort, some sort of antidote, I wish rather. I too. A nice little antidote. And you thought that you had their, it last to night. All their oh, story. Story. <laughs> yeah, walking on I the street. Got it. I got the antidote. So, yeah, and that, that yeah, to, to all their the sort of stress and their, their desires to do so many things. Part of why I like my friends and I have the friend group that I have is because my friends are interesting and they like to do a lot of things. They're eager beavers and they're out doing a lot, but I also see them very happy and and stressed, unhappy and stressed out sometimes. It's true. It's true. I have so much stuff going on this week. I'll talk about this big life decision I have to make. What? Um, Oh, that's right. We were talking about this. Yeah, we're talking about this. Um, But I usually don't reveal to any any individual person the depth of the number of things I need to do because I don't think it reflects well on me. I yeah. think <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't hear the list of things and think, what an impressive, like high achieving, <laughs> like that's so amazing. To me, it signifies someone that is hiding from something through busyness and at like, <laughs> what are you afraid of? What are you afraid of? You're afraid of your own mind? You're afraid of silence? <laughs> are you afraid to be alone? Like someone who has way too many things to do. No one enjoys being busy. Anyone who enjoys being busy, I ask that question too as well. What are you afraid of? Why are you doing that? Because I just don't think it makes any sense. I love and I love to enjoy being busy. I mean, I, I enjoy being busy. Yeah, well, so we have to use that. I think it's like a coping mechanism sometimes being busy. I think it's fun to be busy for spor- spurts of time mm-hmm. where you're like hyperactive in your things and you're really fully invested and you're just going. But like no one can sustain 
a long term of just like constant yeah. shit going on. Like it's just not. I don't know. This isn't what life the texture of life feels like to me and i know when i'm busy it's like i'm afraid to write in my journal so i'm coming up with as many meetings as i can take <laughs> so that i don't yeah, have to right. sit and write down you're afraid to like look out the window yeah, for hours exactly you know? exactly i'm afraid to go for a walk i'm afraid to have time to get a piece of pizza um so i just have to keep on um producing people's micro films and <laughs> whatever but yeah. so what's the big life decision i have to sort of decide in general, if I want to be producing movies, when I know, you know, I, uh, so I texted Alex about this. Maybe this is too personal, but I'll, we'll talk, we can talk about it briefly. Um, I was just getting like pitches in my email about producing more movies. I produced a feature last summer, and um, I am a producer, but you know, on stuff in my work life that's not comedy or film related, it's documentary. Um, and so I'm getting these offers. And I texted Alex. I sent them to Alex because Alex loves movies more than me. And I was like, look at all these materials and tell me if I should produce these movies. And he texted me back and was like, well, I don't know. I think maybe you shouldn't do it because you're a t unique comedic voice and I value your uh, work as a comedian. And if you go down this road, like, are you going to be happy in your 30s if you're a indie film producer, even if you work on really cool stuff? Is that like really what you want to be doing? And so he was really drawing the line for me of like, you can't do everything, which is true. And mm -hmm. like, if you're going to, if you follow the path of like just what's being offered to you, then you will just end up doing that. So that's kind of the question I have. It's not like I can't do some of these movies, but. You know, it will take up a lot of my time and change the direction of my life. So I've yeah, in my own life, I've been like, you shouldn't take stuff that's too cool. Yeah, you, right. shouldn't, <laughs> you shouldn't accept a job that's too cool because you're gonna think, ah, oh, well, this is all I need. This is a cool, creative job. Yes, exactly, exactly. No, you gotta. You gotta I see what you're saying. There's but money here. There's people who appreciate me. There's being connected to stuff. Yeah. And also, there's like a pleasurable disconnect, if it's someone else's work, where it's like, yeah, let's see if it gets into South by Southwest. Oh, it didn't. Oh, oh, it did. Great. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's comfort from being divorced, emotionally yeah. divorced from the work. Totally. And that's kind of nice. And so sometimes I do think about life where I'm like. Well, being totally creatively fulfilled and being happy are not exactly the same thing. And I can optimize for happiness in an efficient way that isn't necessarily the full realization of like my life's, I don't know, purpose as a being. You know what I mean? Like, I enjoy producing things. It's not that stressful for me. And I like hanging out with people. So, mm -hmm. <laughs> and that's sort of what it is. And what did you think about what Alex said to you? I thought it was very sweet and I was like, yeah, you're right. I do have to do this stuff because I will, I know that I'll feel in my thirties like, wow, you produced all of those films to avoid being a stand-up comedian. Yeah. Interesting. So. But I also like producing. So it's not as simple as like, oh, I don't like doing this. I do like doing this. Like the producing is unexistentially dreadful for me. You know, it's just like, it's, it's nice. It's fun. It's actually fun. It's fun. No, and you are good at it. And, and I'm good at it. I mean, every time you've like done something for one of our friends, it looks like you're having Fun. Have a great time, Genuine. and it brings a lot of joy yeah. to my life. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're pressing, <laughs> pressing on the buttons. Yeah, yeah. An Excel spreadsheet. I'm slamming the sticks so hard yeah. between every take. <laughs> take three, take four. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan says one movie a year limit. Oh my gosh, Ryan is here. Wow, one movie a year limit. As who's, a first time chatter, who's Ryan? Ryan of the Florida movie people. Ryan Martin oh, Brown. Ryan Martin okay. Brown. Nice. Well, thanks for listening to Raisin Man Arena. 
We didn't even say what day it is or who we are. All no, crucial things roll about back, the Rollback. Rollback. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Reason Man Arena. It's Wednesday, February 9th. It's 8.30. All right, 30 minutes have gone by. Okay, 30 minutes. Um, I'm okay, Felipe. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm Sam. <laughs> and I'm S. Wilson. S. Wilson. Wilson. Should we see our handles? Yeah, let's see our <laughs> handles. Yeah, you can follow me. At, I think it's Satan.Wilson, but if it's not that, then it's an underscore. I'm never quite I'm sure. Sam, <laughs> I'm Sam. I'm Sam E. Linear. Sam E. Oh, I've always linear. thought it was same, same linear. linear. Yes, it, it, it is. It is. <laughs> like, that's the joke. Yes. Same linear. Same linear. Uh, well, that's a funny joke. Um, I don't want to say my handle. Oh my gosh, there's so this many Florida people in the chat. Annabelle, Ryan, and well, in, Kelsa, ooh, in Florida, Florida it's about noon. That's right. And <laughs> and you know the Island it's Boys not. just got their house raided. Really? The Island Boys just got their house raided because there was someone in there who was responsible for the murder of an eight-year-old. Uh, I don't know. Oh, I don't God. know if it was one of the Island Boys themselves. Felipe, what? You're gonna have to start running these topics by Sam before you're allowed to <laughs> just bring them up. up. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, you know the Island Boy Empire comes to a close. Damn. The sun has set on the musical aspirations. I mean, maybe not. Maybe they, you know, maybe they weren't friends with that person. Yeah. Maybe it was a, a guy who was just. You know, using the bathroom. Who knows? Yeah, and in, uh, in Florida, murdering an eight-year-old is par for the course. It's true. It you just know? happens too too much over there. Sarah doesn't like that yeah. joke. She's she's <laughs> receding. <laughs> she's <laughs> receding <laughs> into the background. Yeah. Sarah, 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 like, <laughs> she her eyes rolled back in her head like a great white Thinking shark. Thinking about the things I need to do later. <laughs> <laughs> busy, busy, busy. Don't <laughs> be with <laughs> us. Be with us. Boards. Uh, Annabelle says, does Raisin know Kelsa and I went to elementary school together? What? Kelsa says, it's true. We hung out at each other's houses. Were you guys friends? Mm. Yep, more jokes about murdering an eight-year-old in the chat. See, it's good. It's See, a good joke. If you take a little bit of... Go, there's so many byways yes. to go down. Yeah. If you take a little bit of, of abstract <laughs> distance, you don't really think about... You know, you just think about it in, as an abstraction. It's not so upsetting. That's right. I have a uh, an anecdote that's kind of funny, but it's quite personal. Oh. Wait, what kind of personal? The kind of personal that it's going <laughs> to ruin some relationship <laughs> in the future when they hear no. it? <laughs> no. Okay. Uh, you can I'm not going to want it cut out of the podcast like a well, coward. Well, decide. <laughs> we'll decide <laughs> like whether or not your story gets cut out of the podcast. <laughs> um... Folks, as you know, if you're listening live, you get to hear everything that we try for the podcast, the recorded version, you know, we kind of... It's true. So if you've never lose. tuned in and you're always thinking, huh, what are the embarrassing stories that I'm missing out on? There's a lot. There's quite a lot. We, we drag comedians. Oh, boy. Sarah and I, ooh, we ooh. wish we ooh. could drag ooh. some comedians this week. Yeah, me and Felipe were doing a bit about comedians that we were shorting. Yeah, like, we're shorting some comedians. Their careers. Uh -oh. Yeah. yeah. And, and the bets, yeah, but we can't do that on the. No, we can't. Yeah. But if Sarah, you look, if you tune in and we're feeling a little frisky, sometimes we'll say it, then we'll delete it. Yeah. Sarah, Sarah, <laughs> and, and Felipe right. will be like, Sarah will be like, um, can you take out that thing I said about Mac DeMarco? <laughs> <laughs> we're in the same scene together. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking pathetic. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking pathetic shit. No, 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 no. <laughs> I feel like that no, will get to him. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking yeah. idiots. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. And, and people like me, and that's. Uh, 
It's some true. Cowards. Yeah. No like one cowardice. listens to this podcast, yeah. but except yeah. the Meshki twins <laughs> and and yeah, uh, Carly. Jake, whether or not Jake wants to share what we say with the Cloudish community. <laughs> uh, yeah, we should be a little more like Sam talking about who's whose pussy was trash that we went on a date with <laughs> this no, week. No, I yeah. never said trash anything pussy. like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah this girl I'm dating, ah, she got <laughs> trash pussy. Yeah. No. No. She only likes to fuck sideways. Uh, <laughs> I don't <man>. like it. <laughs> oh, she puts man. the penis in sideways. <laughs> I don't know if I ever, s- did I say on the podcast that that came back to? Yes. Yes. Okay, cool. yes. And the as fir- you were saying The it. first story's on the podcast and the second okay. story. Yes. <laughs> well, <laughs> great, great. <laughs> well, here's another one that might come back to bite me. Yeah, go. I mean, so, it's, your, yeah. it's your funeral. It's your funeral, yeah. buddy. <laughs> so there's this person. There's this person who I'm dating. <laughs> it's already started. Annabelle says trash pussy corner is a great segment. <laughs> <laughs> there's this person who I'm dating, and she... Um, works at a gallery and there's a lot of events at the gallery and last night i was chatting with uh, like two nights ago i was texting with her i know what this story is. and it's inappropriate for him to be and it's really it. funny that he's telling this girl that's girl. awesome okay. that's awesome <laughs> and i was like and she was like i just met john wilson he's a real sweetie uh and um, i was i'm here at the gallery <laughs> and I'm meeting the person Sam's dating. Yeah. <laughs> and you don't want to talk to... All right, sorry, I'll do this a bit more later. <laughs> and, and I was and I was like, oh, yeah, John Wilson. I sent John, her this Caleb tweet that I really... That's my favorite John Wilson tweet. And she was like, oh, I... She's like, I don't get this, but I should watch his show because I'm getting drinks with him in two weeks. <laughs> and I, my heart stopped and I was like... I was like, wait, are you going on a date with him? And then I, I, I was afraid whether to ask, but an event, but eventually I asked. I was like, oh, is is it like a date? And she was like, no, it's for work. We're like celebrating the end of uh, this program that we're that we're doing. She works at a gallery, so he was he was doing an event at the gallery. But I thought to myself. What would it, how would I feel if this person started dating John Wilson, a man, a strange man (laughs) whose work I really admire and like? Who everybody likes. Yeah, Yeah. everybody likes. He's quirked up white boy. Yeah, Yeah, she said, she said that he said he's autistic. You don't need to. He don't need to say. It. I know that. Well, that's what I thought. Don't well, we don't, <laughs> that's he what doesn't I need to say that. You don't need to say it. We don't need to respond. To <laughs> anyways, anyways, but yeah, I was like, I, anyways, I was, I was like, what, what? This isn't a, a predicament I've never been in before, where it's just like, oh, you're dating a person, and it's like, I think it's okay that you would want to go on a date with other people, but. Going going on a date with like you a can't f- go on a date with John Wilson with a famous person well, whose work I like. Now. Yes, I know. Now before she hits it off with no the pe- no drinks. people who are more famous or successful than me. Yes. Exactly. Now that's now that's something exactly. you can say to someone you're kind of casually dating. Now that's something that's well. Go it over brings well. up. It's an interesting story because it brings up inse- It's really about me. Right. It brings up insecurities no, it's about that her. I have. She shouldn't do that. 
<laughs> sometimes, uh, sometimes you go on a date with someone, and they're dating someone who is a lot bigger than you and could kick your ass. <laughs> hey, New York. Sometimes you just need to get a little pussy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but getting a little pussy can be hard sometimes. Cut to a homeless man jacking off in the park. There's things that are that sometimes stand in your way. Cut to a homeless person <laughs> knocking into a, a pillar on the subway. <laughs> uh, that is wow, that's funny. Yeah, anyways. <laughs> Just filming homeless. <laughs> 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 well... I mean, it sounds like she's not going on a date with him. Sounds she's like they're getting drinks to celebrate some program. She's but not. She's not. Yeah. But, but, but but it freaked me out. And it took, let me tell you, it took her a long time to respond after the date thing. Oh. <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> okay. Right. Yeah, so this girl's on watch. Well, yeah, I don't know what to say to that because I get it. I get it, you know? Yeah. Um, I, you know, I'm, I'd be just as susceptible to that. Yeah. Which is why I try to date yes. zero clout losers. Yeah, <laughs> that's <laughs> right. That's well, listen right. to this. You know, there's got to be someone out there who was dating Anna Marie Tendler. Who's that? And then you know they break up. She starts dating John Mulaney. Oh. He becomes famous. They have this perfect marriage, and then eight years later, it didn't work out. And now that ex is like, okay. I was Never right. mind. I was right. Wow. Was, but if I, you're nothing to worry about, if you're really gloating over the end of an eight year, a successful <laughs> eight year relationship, yeah. you've lost the plot. Like a multi million dollar. <laughs> you divorce. have lost yeah. the plot. <laughs> that relationship came to its natural end. <laughs> you are not. You are not right in any way. Eight years is a long time. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. I'm just saying, if you play the long game, you know, people will become unhappy again. You know, uh, there's a saying in Spanish, it says, sit on your doorstep and you will see your enemy's cadaver pass by. Mm, that's what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying? And as a kid, I always, <laughs> obviously, th- obviously that means you don't need to work hard. You know, like your enemies will be, be their own downfall. You don't, mm-hmm. don't like worry about it. Just Can you ch- say it again? Sorry. Sit on your doorstep and you'll see the cadaver, your enemy's cadaver pass by. Damn. So on a boat or on a car? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In a cart. Because this is Latin America. It's oh, in Latin it's America, a it's a sort of, pulling yeah, it. pulling yeah. by a donkey. I wasn't sure if there was, there was a canal outside your house or what. <laughs> no, there's like banana trees and like Ooh, okay. jungles and stuff like that. <laughs> okay, got yeah. it. Toucan. Yeah, <laughs> toucan. <laughs> but I did, I mean, you'd say that, but when I was a kid, I always just imagined me sitting on my doorstep in a skeleton driving by. <laughs> In like a in like a Lambo, <laughs> that's what it means. I'd be I'd They're be sad because out. I was getting bullied, and my parents would try to console me by saying by "sit saying on your doorstep," Greece? and then I would just imagine me sitting on my doorstep in a skeleton driving wow. by, and I would be and that would soothe me. Damn. Wow, they would say, "Don't worry about that kid; he's gonna die." He's gonna <laughs> die. <laughs> I guess in so many words, yeah, that's what they did were you saying. Got, did you get bullied as a kid, Felipe? Yeah, in middle school, I had this bully. Really, I, did, I would. I did summer school, and there was a boy who re- who bullied me. Wow. Oh, I'm so sorry. It's okay. Do you, you guys ever so get bullied? Sweet and cute, and you knew I was a little pussy. I still am, but <laughs> there was a guy who decided that he was going to exploit that. Aww. Really? Yeah. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> yeah, he was. Mean. That sucks. Can, can can we double click into this anecdote or story? Double click, maximize. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> maximize. Open it up. What What would he bully you about? Just to be curious, because. 
here here's what I'm thinking in my head is that I think bullying. Well, there's been literature about this, but bullying is actually like really can be really, dare I say it, traumatic. Yes. And ah! and and that like thing really awful things happen to children. Children yeah. children do awful things to other children. And I think it's like. I'm, so I'm curious and interested about bullying stories. Totally. And also because we're doing this multi-part series on trauma. And Felipe it's has true. not identified any traumas no, from his no life. Trauma. And we finally Bro, found we're one. Gonna, we're gonna. I honestly don't really remember what the topics were. It was just like, I was in this... Summer, so my dad would make me do something with my dad, whatever. I did summer school every summer for like the first like couple years that I was in the U.S. And I think part of it was like... Um, to catch me up, to like, learn English, yeah, to learn English, to like have stuff to do during the summer, <clears throat> and I took this like TV production, you know, for middle schoolers, whatever. We were like using iMovie, and I was the youngest kid in the class, and so like no one really wanted to like pair up with me except these two boys. There was a short one and a, and a fat one. Um, so freaks, basically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was like the only other two boys in the class, and they paired up with me. And they're big. I mean, he wasn't fat; he was just bigger. Um, and he was like, kind of. He was the guy who bullied me. And the short one was like, you could tell he was kind of going along with the big one. And sometimes he'd feel bad for me, but he would like also join in. But they were like my Aww. partners for the su- for the summer. Oh no. damn! Yeah. For the summer, and when you're a kid, summer is an eternity. It was long as hell. But I don't even remember what they... He was just like, he would play rough. He'd make fun of me. He once said that he once made some joke about like, oh, that's your mom. That's because your mom. I don't know. Something about my mom. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I can't totally remember what it was. I remember one time we were filming a thing and he sort of like put me in a headlock or something. Sort of as a game kind of, but it was like too rough. He was like, I don't know. I just felt like he was tormenting me all the yeah. time. Yeah. I hate the relentlessness of it. It really makes it... Yeah, but I wish I could remember what the things were. Anyways, I mean, I think in retrospect, he was, they were just both, he was just like a loser. Like, I'm like, oh, that just guy like was an like an annoying kid. Oh, like an yeah. annoying kid. And also like. Mm-hmm. We should yeah. have him on the podcast. Yeah, I wish. I don't even. Yeah. Because he was probably bullied as well, obviously. I mean, may, maybe. And and sometimes I even wonder like if he thought of what he was doing as, bu- <laughs> I mean, I guess bullies. <laughs> yeah, obviously. <laughs> okay, yeah. I thought that was just. Like that was an easy single, you know, yeah. an easy read. No. But well, you no, know, there's there nothing is gets by. Nothing you can't get by with anything in this podcast. No, no, no. <laughs> your, your security checked at every at every section. No, yeah. you know what it is. There is this idea of like bullies. No, they're just insecure, right? Yeah. They're projecting the own their own thing. And then I read a thing that was like. No, bullies aren't insecure. They actually think really highly of themselves. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it, and they're not they're yeah. not processing pain. They're causing pain on others because it feels good to them. And I was like, that makes more sense to me. Yeah, but don't you think be, yes. don't you think that person <laughs> like learned feeling. that behavior from obviously someone did that? We to all them. learn our behaviors. Yeah. It's true. Yeah, maybe you're right. <laughs> Damn. Now I'm being pulled out of TSA for an extra pat down. <laughs> I'm sweating bullets here. Jesus. Man, I was liking that John Wilson riff, Sam. Maybe we can get back to that. No, I um yeah, I don't I, I'm sure he must have learned it somewhere in a in a tri- in a broken home, in the broken home he came from. <laughs> yeah. And so ultimately, I feel pity yeah. for him. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, I I I'll, I'll say this: I was never bullied by kids at school. 
Because I was big and strong. Wait, and hold on. Actually, I gotta say something. I bullied kids sometimes. <gasps> I was a bully. I bullied Sam. kids. <laughs> I bullied kids. He got bullied, then he bullied. I got really good at iMovie, and then <laughs> I bullied kids. I bullied kids when I was like in second grade. It was stuff. with my sharp intellect, yeah. but yeah. I did. I still did. It yeah. wasn't through brawn, but through cutting <laughs> observations that drove to the heart of their insecurities. <laughs> so you bully kids on your home territory, but then when you got to America, you couldn't really. I know, yeah, I know, I know. Big shot, not dude. here. Yeah, we're no eating way. Big Macs over yeah. here. You know, everyone's a little yeah. brawnier. Everyone's got yeah. the hormones <laughs> in them. Oh, European flair. That doesn't yeah. mean shit to us. Yeah. These super, these supersize American chunksters. That's right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you can't go up against those kids. They got two health bars. <laughs> That's right. Um, no, I wasn't bullied by children at school, but I was bullied by my siblings. Aww. So. Straight up bullied. Aww. Have they yeah. said sorry? They've said sorry, yeah. Oh, really? How would they bully mm-hmm. you? Um, They were just, like, stronger, uh, naturally. Henry and Cole were stronger than me, and they would... This is kind of funny, but, like, <laughs> there was this one time... They found this joke. I remember they found this joke one day. So I was a kid who, like, really liked, like frogs and toads and lizards no. and stuff oh, like that he's cooked it's not gonna last three <laughs> seconds in that household and i was like frogs. outside all the time and i like never wore shoes oh. or pants and stuff like that weird little bug boy a weird little bug boy <laughs> and then like they they found this like joke one day i remember because we were in a car where sam was where they were like Oh, Sam likes trees because he wants to fuck the squirrels no. and the yes. trees. <laughs> <laughs> that rules. <laughs> you want to fuck the squirrels, bro? No, you I do. don't. I don't. Fuck the I don't. Doesn't even make sense. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. Shit is so funny. <laughs> and I was like, eh, <laughs> squirrel fucker. And they were just like, and it really got on my nerves. It's <laughs> like, like a fucking yeah. nine-year-old. It's not true. Bro, I was like, it's, it's not, not true. true. I don't want to fuck the squirrels in the trees. Bro. And they were like, yeah, you do. You, you want to fuck the squirrels. And then they would just like, I remember them like dropping that on me every time they wanted to like tick me off, like for like two or three years after. You want to fuck the squirrels. Um, what? I didn't really bully kids, no. No, there was a few kids who I who I physically harmed in school. <laughs> <laughs> but, but that was something different. Yeah, that was something different. <laughs> that was targeted specific. <laughs> no, it, I remember there was, was this time. kid. There was this kid in school because I got to to move to Boston and I didn't know anything about football, but everyone liked to play football at recess, like tackle football, like mm. pretty hard. And I was like, I don't know how to play Horrible. football, but I started playing and I was sick at it because <laughs> i'm really good i'm my brothers and i were really physical with each other and i would always like oh, go kind of hard because my brothers and i played really hard and i remember there's this other kid anton who was like supposed to be like he was like i'm the best kid at football oh, here shit. watch out Andy. and then New one kid in town and yeah. then one time he upstart. challenged me to like a one-on-one <laughs> like football thing where like he had the ball and he would have to get it past me and I'd have to tackle him and then vice versa and I absolutely I just you demolished you get him. him I yeah. wrecked Anton yeah well that's not that's not um that's not that's bullying, not bullying. Right, not bullying it is no a, an act of physical violence yeah. against yeah and then one time one time in high school I did step on a kid's glasses. <gasps> 
why? and push him into a locker. <laughs> Wait, why? Because he was being a fucker to me. Oh, okay. He like cut off pieces of my hair with scissors and was like being annoying to me. Bro, wow. He was in, why love, was he he was in love with you. Why would he think he could get away with that? Yeah, he was my you. friend in physics class. And then like one day, I think, I can't remember what the altercation was, but he got really mad at me. And then he started doing shit like, like, he yeah he like cut off a bit of my hair with scissors like this was all in one day and then i countered him after school and i was like what the fuck man say sorry and then he was like being a real dick and i remember like shoving him into a locker oh, and then i accidentally stepped on his glasses i didn't oh, mean to uh, but then wow. but then when I, but then i also spit on him when he was on the floor wow. what oh, <laughs> yeah That's wow cool. and then they called your mom into the school and your mom was like i refuse to say that my son did it <laughs> <laughs> Nah, I don't something. think my mom knows about this, but she will now. Wow. Yeah. No, I was really scared the whole at that whole afternoon because I thought, oh, this kid's gonna like call the You're police go or jail. something. Did yeah. you guys um? Did you guys uh, patch it up? <laughs> no, we never patch it up. No! And also, he's a Zionist now, which is uh, so fuck him. Yeah. But, well, you yeah. should. Well, Damn, that's funny. If you are just haven't listened to the podcast before we've had sam's mom on the podcast and uh there was a story about how sam once destroyed a locker at he took an axe to a locker he took an axe to a locker and his mom had to come in and uh condemn his behavior and she refused to take a side against <laughs> <Sam>. <laughs> that's because my yeah. mom's a real one yeah. <laughs> she keeps it a hundred <laughs> yeah but i remember my my like one time henry dangled me over the porch with my by my like legs which was really scary to how me. high was that the porch because the porch is kind of not that high up. It was not that high up, no. <laughs> but it was very scary, yeah. nonetheless. Mm. The psychological damage was still done. Damn. I was never bullied, but I do not know why. I was <laughs> an open target, easy, vulnerable. Absolutely deserved it. I was always pursuing my esoteric interests and being myself and being kind of a nerd. Do you think you were likable? I think I was likable, but I still think, like, were I born into another decade, I could easily have been taken down by bullying. But I went to a school. One, bullying was illegal where I lived. So you, we won't wow. have it. Yeah. And then so, also... So kids could get could get locked up in jail yes. for bullying? <laughs> for they would bullies. get adult sentences? They would yeah. be tried as adults for bullying? <laughs> there, was a, there was a two strikes policy. Yeah. <laughs> and then we also just had a culture at our high school where it was kind of um, just kind of progressive. I think I've said this on the podcast before, but we had a peer mediation program and all the coolest kids in school were um, peer mediators, basically. And being queer was cool. Having like a shaved head was cool. Like all those Having sorts of things. There were still cool. people who were weird furries who were was like, well, I don't, know, yeah. I don't know about them. But like uh, no one, it was a huge school, so I can't speak to the whole school, but no one in sort of my part of the school was like bullying each other hard. I think maybe among like the really hot and popular people, there was a lot of like passive aggressive stuff that would go down and like um, weird stuff with like the sexual politics of being a teenager. But I was allowed to just go on my weird little way doing the high school newspaper and yeah. like, <laughs> not drinking. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. Left alone. Damn. Not drinking in high school. Yeah. Wow. Well, not the whole time. Yeah. 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 But I was really hesitant to do anything. I was just like into my interests. Like I, I well, I'd rather read a book. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> That sounds nice. That's yeah. a good way to spend high school. I guess so. I recently, there was a boy that I, remembered being kind of mean to he was weird and like everybody was kind of mean to him but i was like i had this sort of like friendship not friendship with him where like i was friends with him but he like got on my nerves and i always thought like that i was an asshole to him because i was like and then later on he told i found out that he thought that i was a good friend to him 
Ooh. But I was like, I always, I feel like I was mean to him. Ooh. Damn. But I, th- I don't know. You don't feel that way about me, do you? <laughs> yeah, you are weird. <laughs> and you, and uh, and you know what, Sam? You do want to fuck the squirrels. Yeah. I <laughs> no, yeah. no, I don't. You want to fuck the squirrels? No, I, it's funny. I remember. I'm going to put your penis in a squirrel. Uh, Cole uh, saying to me, like, quite recently, like, when the in the past, like, two or three years, being like, oh, you know, I think sometimes I was, like, kind of cruel to you. Oh. And I'm, like, sorry about oh. that. And I don't even have a story in my head that I, that, like, my siblings were, like, overly cruel to me you know like i don't i don't identify as a person with like mm. trauma or like i my kids bullied me i mean my siblings bullied me my kids my kids, my kids, me. Bully, <laughs> my kids are bullying me that's you dude no that's, <laughs> that's you and your dad i'm gonna have a chunkster kid and he's gonna yeah. kick my ass yeah you're gonna have to fucking wrestle them <laughs> okay, we're gonna do a review on the word chunkster after the podcast <laughs> that's on the approved list but anyways <laughs> it was a sweet thing for him to say because i actually think of my my relationship with my siblings particularly cole in high school as being one of like friendship he was like one of my best friends oh so, wow yeah well sometimes yeah. that's the nature of Abuse that has two faces. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah, next week we'll be starting our series on abuse yeah. and its many faces. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, we haven't gotten into any of our. I haven't talked about any of the topics I want to talk about. What were the topics? And we're, and we're at eight fifty-two. Sabina, Sabina, and and Annabelle were bullied by their f- a friend on Tumblr. Oh no! What happened? Jesus. That would have really fucked with me. I think being bullied on the internet. It's so inescapable. There were so many people getting bullied on form spring. That did happen in high school. People asking mean questions to each other. But uh, I didn't make a thing like that because I was like, I don't want to be asked well, a mean question. I know. Well, when you open yourself up to that. Yeah, no way. You no open way. yourself up to that. Ask me some... Because everybody, you know what everybody wants. Everybody wants a confession. I love you. I like mm-hmm. you. I have a crush on you. Mm-hmm. This and that. And then people are like, you suck. Why are you so... Why are you so fucked up? Yeah. That's the kinds of things you get on form spring. We have a friend, don't say who, started one, and they got some pretty bad stuff. I don't know what you're talking about. Forum Spring is, uh, is this platform. <laughs> oh, no, but the friend. Well, because I did said I wouldn't say who it is. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> so then he doesn't know I, I won't know. I'll tell you who it is later, but okay. they, started a f- they started one, and they got some stuff they didn't like on there. And I thought, ah, I, don't want, I don't want that. No way. Damn. No way. Yeah. Okay, so Anna- Annabelle says, can I cut to Annabelle yeah, for a second? Yeah, please. She says, she said she deleted her blog but didn't and wrote an essay about how we were piglets and wanted to fatten her up like us. Oh, my God. It was insane. Wait, who wanted to fatten? Wait, yeah. Let me read that again. Who up? And wrote an essay about how we were piglets and wanted to fatten her up like us. So we is Annabelle (laughs) and Sabina? Piglets, and they wanted to fatten this girl up like them. Oh, Oh. like, okay, like. Like she, this girl's call, saying that they're they're trying to fatten her up. Yeah, the piglets Sabina are, and are piglets, and they're fattening me up like them. Yeah. Okay. She it. came for my mom. No. Uh-uh, no. Uh-uh. That you're going into the red zone. And there. then we. Yeah. says, "I would compliment myself on form spring. No shame. That's positive. That's, That's right. That's, That's, a smart That's what it's strategy. for. That's what it's for. <laughs> you're your own friend out on the internet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's fucked up, man. I remember reading shit that people would write about each other on the internet randomly, um, on their blogs and stuff, and it would just be the most insane shit. I don't know where 
kids get their ideas of how to be acting. I guess you have to try out a lot of annoying, awful behaviors to decide to discard them sometimes. I mean, people are pretty mean. I think Twitter like encourages a kind of being a kind of mean. Yeah. I've tried to avoid. A lot of people I follow will like roast other people and so, 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 so sometimes I do it, but not like not like in a personal way or no. I think there's like levels definitely where I'm like this is you don't need to do this there's like another funny. person who's seeing what you're saying and yesterday, it's like you're all 25 years old 26 years old yesterday Felipe I got two different DMs from Felipe on Twitter being like is this too spicy should I delete this <laughs> I don't know about this and then I went to click the link and they had already been deleted I twice deleted you're being in big coward mode I yesterday what was the tweet you can say it on the podcast um <laughs> I said honestly I just said that I thought that the green knight was ass because someone was like, the Green Knight got snubbed. And I was like, and I quote to you, and I was like, that movie sucked. I'm tired of people saying it was good. And Can I have a little bit? Yeah. I don't know why I thought it was, I was like, I don't know. Sometimes, sometimes you're like surprised to find out that someone you know did something on something. or I don't know. Maybe that's stupid of me, but I'm on record no, now. No, it's true. It's true. I did retweet this um, tweet about how, Fairview is the worst looking yeah. animated series in history and it's not even close. Someone tweeted that. And then I remembered that we do know people who are involved with the show. I know, but why but didn't you remind me that before I retweeted it? I was like talking to you. Well, that's like, on you. This. See, that's, <laughs> call me a pussy, but you got to be careful. I mean, I think you got to be careful. The people who are working on it uh, are, I don't think are like that invested in it. No, no. Yeah. But, but it's weird how people play no this one kind is invested of game. in it <laughs> well, you know, no one who works on no it gives a shit about yeah. it i auditioned for it yeah yeah and I yeah didn't get it. yeah what yeah i don't know i was just gonna say people draw strange lines though sometimes with like bad work that they're associated with where like they'll own it being bad but then like they don't want you right. to come for it and right. they don't want you to say bad things about it and they they want to control exactly the narrative of like how and why it's bad and make sure that whatever they contribute to it is safe from the critique or whatever and right yeah so you, it's better to just be like oh what are you you're working on that oh okay haven't had a chance to check that out yet That's yeah. but it sounds yeah. really it sounds good really good yeah. yeah but if you just like the tweet you know What's the statute of limitations? Someone going to go into your likes? No, to be like, no, no. You like you the can tweet like the tweet saying it looks you can bad. Like the, you can like the tweet. And look, I'm not going to say I agree with the tweet, but let's just say I didn't hate the tweet. <laughs> let's just say I didn't funny. hate what the tweet said. Yeah. Let's just say I didn't totally disagree. You're not wrong. Oh, you're, not you're not wrong about what the tweet I hate when people say that you're not wrong. <laughs> um, when you make a, uh, a cartoon, Felipe, and it goes, uh, it goes out, you know, you make your first television show. I will make it my personal job yeah. to attack and go after People anybody on, on Twitter who well, doesn't like it. Yeah, I'll be the one who has free time, so <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'll work on that. Um, while we're on the subject of schools and behaviors that kids do at school, okay. one of the topics I wanted to talk about. Mayor Eric Adams has declared Fridays in the New York City public school system vegan Fridays. Okay. Are you serious? Yes, I'm serious. Not such a bad mayor after all, huh? Well, I vegan was. I wanted Fridays. to know how you felt about that. Yeah, so he he declared Fridays vegan Fridays almost just like immediately after sort of being in office. But the schools have not been able to rise to the occasion. He like made the mandate, and the schools are like, "What? Of course, what? What's vegan? Nothing. Yes, nothing is, nothing vegan. is vegan. Salad is vegan. Um, so they've not been able to pull it off, and they've been serving cheese." And other animal byproducts. Um, well, that's interesting because then it's it, it it gives you a look into how the these sort of like food chains work because it's like food food supply chains work because it's like those schools probably buy from private companies that yep. ship them you know shrink wrapped yep. meatloaves 
you know, yeah. 10,000 shrink wrap So they're wrap cutting into the shrink wrap and they're shaving the cheese, the frozen cheese <laughs> off of the hamburger, <laughs> scraping yeah. it off. And Eric Adams can't burger. do anything about that. No, he can't do anything about that. So the kids are disappointed. This is what I heard on Brian Lair yesterday. The kids were calling in saying they were disappointed. Cause they were calling in. Because they wanted it to <laughs> be vegan. So they wanted to be vegan. Bro, the kids that call into Brian Lair are about to be disappointed <laughs> that it's not really vegan. But of I don't course. think that's a representative of chunk course. of New York City no. public they're schools. Wrapping, they're wrapping open a, ve- a vegan hamburger, and there's a little sign on it that says, this rep- was prepared in f- in... Uh, factories and in, in situations that also prepare meat products. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. You know <laughs> what I mean? That's an interesting. And the kids <laughs> like it. Oh, dude, dude. That's an interesting bit. Oh. Uh, <laughs> well, I, I guess uh, what I was. <laughs> <laughs> that's an interesting wait, b- why does it place to take it. Because. <laughs> well, you get, you see this this proves fully that you're a dog shit vegan <laughs> because when I was vegan okay. for five years, man, well, mind you, I didn't know my, my credentials okay. dropping my credentials here. There are, it's a big deal about whether there are some foods that say this is a vegan product, but it was prepared in environments that also prepare meat products. So it's a big deal, like it's in the vegan community about whether you're going to eat the, those things or not, whether mm. those count as vegan or not. Mm. Oh, interesting. And why wouldn't they count as vegan? Because they're the meat producing factory. Yeah, and they were, and they're like touching meat stuff. Like they could be touching things that also <laughs> touch meat. That's interesting though, because okay. So, I don't want it to touch meat. But let's say you go to um, uh, Burger King and you buy an Impossible Whopper. Let's even imagine that the Impossible Whopper is not in a meat-producing facility. Still, you're paying Burger King, and that money's going to their pool that they're going to make more burgers with. So I'm thinking, like, to me, touching is is incidental. The bigger problem is whether you're supporting. Well, well, that's why that's why the bit is funny because you're getting what I'm suggesting is that there's an eight year old child who has the kind of vicious dogma of like a of 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 a radical vegan Uh, on Fridays you know that is funny yeah that is funny all right (laughs) see there you go I'm making I'm I'm playing chess y'all are playing checkers all right (laughs) Alex doesn't like how you're talking about vegan food Alex was also vegan vegetarian not anymore I mean I was just thinking uh, when you told me that and this is me shooting from the hip because I don't know anything about how this is being implemented although from what you're saying to me it's, it's not being in implemented in some places I think in the richer public schools they're serving corn that they're making in a big pot in the back and little potatoes and so all carbs sweet, yeah, yep, you're not getting carbs. any, any <laughs> protein in there yeah I was just gonna say that uh, you know like obviously the problem is like well you know you have to fund you have to give public schools more money so that they actually like can buy actually you know more healthful food because you could have vegan food that's like absolute trash like it's corn syrup totally slurry totally totally the way I ate when I was a vegetarian right and so it's like that's not conducive to kids' health pops yeah yeah so it's like sure you can like do the you know the kind of buzzwordy like you know okay now it's vegan but it's like that doesn't mean that you're giving kids good food and there's all these other parts of like public school education public education that are like fucked up in new york yes i don't know yeah don't even get me funny. started I'm two, <laughs> yeah i was talk, talking to johnny froman about this because he's a vegan and he was like that's awesome they're gonna turn a whole generation of kids against being vegan um because the food's obviously gonna be bad right yeah and like totally unappealing and you're gonna be like oh yeah i remember vegan vegan fridays like fuck that yeah so it's like a weird very weird strategy it's 
It's weird that I haven't heard more about this. I feel like this would be picked up by like a conservative. This past Friday was the first Friday, so maybe they haven't heard about it yet. Wow. Because yeah. this this would be something that would they be would run great with for this. them to sink their teeth into. Totally. And then the other ironic thing about it is that Eric Adams was outed last week in Politico for being a fake vegan. Someone who works at a restaurant. Because he says he loves cheese. Because he eats fish. He's a pescatarian. He's a pescatarian. Bro, that dude's a kook. <laughs> I don't believe a word. He's just kooky. He's just kooky. He's just weird. He's kooky. I think there, it's, it's so, it suggests a world, though, where like a f- big politician can call something like something Fridays or something yeah. Tuesdays, and then everyone has to do it. And everyone has there to should do be, it. I love there that. should be That's more mayoral. stuff like that. Yeah. Totally. Totally. The president should be doing stuff like that. <laughs> so I wanted to talk about that news item, and then I had one other news item, and then someone else can do a topic. Um, have you heard about this Brian Flores NFL thing? I'm going to do a sports corner. Sports corner. Yeah, corner. sports corner. <laughs> yeah, you're this? talking about this? Yes, this is, a great, this is a great story. I don't know anything about this, Sarah. <clears throat> All right. And now suddenly this household is a football household. Because Sam and Will really want to watch the Super Bowl. Is that right? Yeah, we want to have a Sunday? Super Bowl party. Oh, shit. Okay. Well, that's kind of cool. Um, so they're hiring a new coach for the Giants, the New York Giants. Oh. And um, you heard about this? Yeah. And um, yeah. Brian Flores was the coach of the Miami Dolphins, and he's the only black head coach in the entire NFL. Okay. And he got fired fairly recently in a kind of mysterious way because they had had a great season. It just didn't really make any sense. Like, why was Brian Flores fired? And why is he having so much trouble being like picked up by another team? So Brian is set to interview for this New York Giants head coaching position. And he gets a text three days before from Bill Belichick, who's the manager of the Patriots, saying congratulations on getting the coaching job. And Brian texts back and was like, are you sure this is for me? Like, I haven't done my interview yet. Oh, embarrassing. And Bill texts back and was like, wait, I effed up. (laughs) That's what it's quoted as saying. Wait, I effed up. (laughs) Then, so Brian Flores (laughs) finds out that they've the Giants have already hired a new head coach. It's Brian DeBall, who's the coach of some other team. Brian DeBall, perfect name for for football. Yeah, that's probably why he got the job. DeBall. And he's already been hired. And he's a white guy. And Bill Belichick accidentally texted the wrong Brian because yeah. he heard about it because he's in rookie, the cabal of white guys up at the top. Mistake. Rookie boomer ass mistake. Boomer ass yeah. mistake. And I'm saying this is why you got to put the last names of people on your phone. A lot of people don't pull last names. You Come on, Bill. Come on, Bill. Come on, Bill. His meaty little fingers yeah. texting Brian. All the yeah. white people at the top must be really pissed um, because he that gets up. you kicked out of the cabal. That gets in kicked my out opinion. of the cabal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, so suddenly Brian Flores had this evidence he was being he has to be interviewed because there's a rule that they have to do their due diligence to like hire people who are diverse and to check all of the possible people um, and they were giving him a fake sham interview they had already hired this other so guy so what's going to happen now so now Brian Flores is like suing the NFL for structural racism and has Damn. this text sort of as a central piece of evidence. And it's just such a great story to me because, like, before this, there was just this feeling that Brian Flores was like, the NFL is racist and I'm not getting hired because I'm black. And everyone was just like, no, that's just not true. Yeah. That's just not true. He was being gaslit. Yeah, he was being gaslit. gaslit. And then suddenly he got, just by mistake, just by the fact that his name is also Brian, this text that was like, 
there it is. It's like, beautiful. I it's yeah. literary almost. And, you know, yeah. and the fact that all these coaches used to play football and their brains are riddled with CTE <coughs> finally yes. came in handy. Yes. That's it, right. It finally had a positive yes. outcome. And it's one of those crazy things also that's kind of annoying because it's like, it's crazy that he needed to have this evidence. How does it make any sense when the majority of all the players in the NFL are black that there would not be any black head coaches in the whole NFL because of who's qualified for the job? Why would that make any sense? I mean, given given the, the, the history and pattern of racism in exactly. America, it doesn't seem that crazy to me. No, why would that make any sense? <laughs> oh, <huh? laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a good joke. It's not a joke. No, I know. No. It's a, <laughs> I know it's a it's truth. A I'm spinning facts. Yeah, yeah but it's yes. A, it's well, sort I'm of saying that if your defense is, oh, well, well, we're just hiring who's qualified, then that just obviously couldn't be the case. It's obviously racism, right? Because why would in a in an industry and in a sport where there's so many people of color who are participating, right? that would inevitably lead to the coaches being diverse if you were really hiring based on who was qualified. Yeah. So, yeah. It's not crazy, but it is yeah. factually it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Well, I hope so that's that. And now and now I'm like who are they going to hire because if they hire the, the first white guy it's like awkward, but if they and hire the, the second the black guy it's also kind of awkward. Yes. And then so they just got to find a third guy. Yes. <laughs> third black guy. <laughs> they got to find a third we guy. We need a third black guy. Yeah. So and then I was looking further into it and I was like, "Well, why is this guy Brian Flores fired from the Miami Dolphins?" And there's all this crazy stuff about like the managers, the owners of the team wanted him to throw games. They like offered him $100,000 to lose, purposefully lose certain games. They wanted to have a losing season. Someone who knows no more about sports will have to explain to me why that would ever be, be good. good. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe because you want a, a draft pick, an earlier draft pick. That's my guess. Um, but that really made me upset. Because can you imagine rising to the level where you're a head coach in the NFL and people are... Some fucking plutocrat billionaire wants you to ruin your career. Wants you to purposefully yeah. lose games and ruin your career. And then he was in this position where he was like, okay, if I have this losing season and then they fire me, then I won't be hireable because they'll be like, this guy's a bad coach. Or if I have a winning season, they're going to fire me because I didn't do what they asked me to do. So he just totally got fucked. And this is just uh, blows my mind. I'm that is, this is a really interesting story. Yeah, it yeah, is Yeah, that story. is, that is... I don't. I wouldn't never think of a head coach of a football team as being in that kind of a predicament. Totally. Yeah, it's so weird. And I also like maybe I'm naive, but the idea that people are wanting NFL teams to throw games, I'm like, wait a second, wait, what's going on? Yeah, they're just supposed to play the game. Yeah, I thought there's all this fucked up stuff with CTE and like people not caring about the bodies of the athletes. Like that's all underpinning what's going on. But at the top, they are just playing the games, but they're not even. It's fucked up the whole thing through. So, so wait, the team owner Stephen Ross pressured him to tank and then deliberately lose games, offering him a hundred thousand dollars for each game he lost in order for the Dolphins to get better draft picks for the following season. Uh. So I guess if you lose, they're like. Well, you lost. You got to get the good ones. Now you get the best player. Yeah, yeah. I, I suppose. You don't want to do it. And to tamper with a quarterback before free agency. Don't know what free agency is. And what would tampering with a quarterback? Uh, that's mean? like making deals and taking meetings with people who aren't really available to come be on your team to be like, hey, you know, in a couple of years we could so have why you the Dolphins. Like, there's just so rules like, so about but like. If you're, but if your team is losing, why would? That's just a separate issue. It's like they wanted him to take meetings with people who weren't free agents. You have to wait till someone's a free agent to oh, meet with them. Oh, I see, yeah. I see. So you can't even you can't even get a drink. You can't even get a with drink. With a guy to be like, hey, you know. Yeah. You can't. Interesting. So. But he was going to tamper. They wanted him to tamper. They wanted him to tamper, and he didn't want to do it. And now look at what's when happening. When Flores refused to tank, achieving two con- achieving two consecutive winning seasons and refused to tamper. Wow, imagine if your bosses are like, lose it, lose. And then you win, which is harder. Yes. You get a winning season, yes. which is really hard. Yes. 
You this do the harder thing. A real life Ted Lasso situation. Mm, I haven't seen the show. Ted seen Lasso one. does this? Well, Ted Lasso, they hired him because he doesn't know how to coach soccer. He's an American football coach, and they hire him to be losing coach and to tank the team. But he's just too doggone. Yeah, sweet he's too happy. And happy. Yeah. And he just inspires too yeah. easily. And, and, and he, he tampers with people. Yep. <laughs> Have you seen that show, Sarah? No. I've I, seen it. I put it on for my family at Christmas so that I could take a break. I put them, set them all up. <laughs> yeah, it's like when like, like you put a, you give a kid yeah. like Paw Patrol. Uh. My grandpa kept asking for more episodes. It was very cute. It made me happy the show existed. I was like, oh, totally. there's an audience. People like this. I know grownups love that show. Grownups love that show. Um, anyway, so any, I just bring this story up. It really resonated with me. One, I think it's like a, just a great story in terms of someone getting vindicated through real life evidence. But it reminded me of this experience I had in my life. Um, when I was in college, I was in a club and uh, Sam comedy club. I'm trying not to give too many specifics about this, but I felt like the entire time I was in the club, there was this older uh, person in it who was like obsessed with me, like had a crush on me. And I could always just like feel him looking at me and I could just feel, well, we would get dinners together. I was like, there's just this energy is like always directed at me. And in a way I find like very upsetting. And I just like think this person's kind of obsessed with me and like shows up places where I'm going to be. Like I just had this feeling and I would tell the people in the group and they would be like, no, he's just a really weird guy. He's just a really weird guy. Like it doesn't have anything to do with you. And I was like, but I really feel, I got this weird feeling and it makes me really uncomfortable. I really don't like being around him. Um, but people just didn't really believe me or give it any credence. And then he was about to graduate and he had like um, a box of wine that belonged to the club and he texted me and was like, hey, I have this box of wine and I'm about to graduate. What should I do with it? And I was like, throw it in the trash. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, no. Uh, pour it down the sink. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, um, no, I'll, like, I'll give it to you. Like, Can I come over to your house and like, give you this wine for the club? And I was like, okay. <laughs> and um, he shows up at my house and he's standing in my front yard and he launches into this speech about how he was like, there's huh. always been this thing between us. Like, don't you feel this thing? And like, I always just thought we were going to end up together. And I just had to say all this to you. And like, did you really think I was going to like leave without like us having this conversation? Like all just delusional thinking about us having this whole thing. Uh. And um, in the end, like I was like, well, okay, I don't um, feel, I didn't feel that. I don't, I don't know what you're talking about, um, but it's okay. And he was like, damn, this is really like not how I wanted this to go. And I was like, what do you want to happen? He was like, I just wanted you to like give me a hug. Um, tell me that it was okay. It was just so like, it really freaked me out. And so in the wake of it, I was kind of freaked out by that. And I was like, oh my gosh, what if he comes and kills me or something? Um, but <laughs> that didn't mm. happen. Um, As would be his like, right. Yes. <laughs> um, but then I finally had this thing that I could go back to the other people in the club and say, see, yeah. I told you, I told you I had this feeling that this person like had this thing about me and no one believed me and I had the evidence. So it's nice to be vindicated because mm -hmm. like there's so many things in life where you do just have like a bad feeling and like and obviously with racism it's like who would deny even without that evidence i would believe in a second that there was racism going on um but it's nice to get vindicated yeah i wish you could share that story with that head coach yes and that he <laughs> yeah he, that he resonated yeah, yeah you two would vibe on yeah, that we'd vibe on that wow so. i want i'm gonna ask this stuff to to my brother henry when I s talk to him this week, because he's really into football. I'm curious what he thinks what about he all thinks this. About it. Yeah. I'll report back. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I've ever had anything corroborated by evidence. Really? <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, you should sometime. Yeah, it feels great. It feels fucking blissful. Yeah. I think I've always just had to guess, and no nothing's ever really. Or to have a, a, a head coach tamper with you? Yeah, I would like that too. 
<laughs> I am not for a free agent. Or I guess I am a free agent. So I guess I have to get into a football team in order for that to happen. Tampering with a tampering with a quarterback before free agency sounds like they opened up the quarterbacks like, you know, the hood and then yeah. you know put in put in uh, Kool Aid in the uh, oil. Yeah, tank, you know what I'm saying. And that's okay. That you could do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's okay. I think people should be allowed to get drinks together. There shouldn't be rules. I know. What if you really want to hang out with a quarterback yeah. and then the conversation goes there? It's like, well, you're not gonna be censoring yourself during drinks. You yeah. gotta have fun. Plus, you get loose, a couple drinks. Now you're talking about what you know. Do you want to be on the team? Yeah, I don't think that's that bad. And what about this? Where are the women head coaches? Oh God, I Just know. Kidding. And and there's so many women in the teams. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there should be as many women Just head coaches kidding. as there are women on the this teams. This isn't women's business, and they should always be trying to insert themselves. <laughs> yeah, into that's this right. Do you think football is going to end because people are afraid of CTE? I think I. It's ended for me because I'm afraid of CT. <laughs> when did it start? <laughs> um, we lost Sarah Wilson today. <laughs> I really think that's scary. Like, I feel so attached to just my brain and not the rest of my body that the idea of just, like, hitting it a bunch of times <laughs> and fucking it up, like, yeah. that's it. You know? No, but imagine if you, your body, you were 6'7", and you uh, were absolutely yeah, jacked. Yeah, yeah, I hadn't thought about that. Yeah. I have an actual, like, awesome body. Yet. No. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> yeah. Then I might feel differently. Yeah, no, the CTE thing is really fucked. Whenever I see, you know, I follow a lot of mom influencers on Instagram. Some of them have their kids in football, and I'm like, are you not reading the research? Why are these kids out here bumping their heads around? You yeah. Gotta re- yeah, you, you got to reply the to yeah. their posts. <laughs> I have to start <laughs> telling them my opinions about what they should be doing with their kids. Did you not see that Will Smith movie? Yeah. Well, I can, <laughs> I can kind of I can even admire it. You know, if you really are so attached to the tradition and the way that you grew up, that it's like, look, okay, yeah, my kid, they're going to have holes in their brain by the time they're 40, but... This is more important than that. I can respect it. I don't know. I'm just trying out. Trying <laughs> to be out. I don't know. <laughs> just trying it. I'm just trying to be polemical. <laughs> uh, can argue with me if you want. It was. It's interesting. I would like to. The, your story makes me want to like get on a blog and read more about it because I think this is going to be a, maybe a, embarrassing thing to say, but it seems to me like the the way most white Americans like process race or many white Americans process race is through like sports. There's a lot of race conversation that happens like inadvertently through like consuming sports and, and watching sports and stuff like that. So like, I think this would be, it would be fascinating to go onto Twitter and see what like the rest of the world is saying about this things or like whether this is opening up race conversations in different parts of the country or something like that. It was funny on, I heard this story on Lair, obviously, and um, they had someone who was like a black sports commentator on to talk about it who was very much on Brian Flores' side and they let anybody kind of call in and do the different opinions and some white guy calls in and is like, well, I just think it's this isn't about race. This isn't about race. Just about who's qualified for the job, you know. Just like really? this absolutely meaningless talking point. Yeah. And the guy, this expert and like black man has to respond to this just like dumb guy <laughs> and just be like, "Well, you know, I wish that it wasn't about race." And like have this conversation with this man that I don't know. It just like kind of even annoyed me that I was like, don't even let this man call in. He doesn't fucking know anything. But that's you know just how most people feel. They're like, oh, these people are making it about race. It's not about race. But how could you hear that story and not think that? I don't know. I guess you could just think, well, they just knew Brian DeBall was the best person for the job. And yeah. yeah. 
So there you go, Sam. It was yeah. an embarrassing thing to say. Damn. All right. <laughs> and it has okay. Now on the blogs. Yeah. Let me think of another thing <laughs> to say. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Uh, huh? I was just going to say, hearing people call in, it's a funny idea for a show. Just having anyone call in, basically, and say what they think you about You got to have something. nerves of steel. I don't yeah. know if I could have randos call in. I remember, he, what was it? It was on NPR. Someone They were talking about, I don't know. It was something 9-11 related, but it was like how we remember 9-11 or something like that. I can't, honestly can't. Or it was about the mu- the 9-11 the museum or something. And someone calls in and starts being like, well, you know, like, you know, steel beams don't melt. And if you look at the, you know, you look, and then the guy was like, uh, uh, look, it sounds like you're talking about the 9-11 truth thing, which is not related to what we're talking about. But 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 thank you. And then the guy was like, no, no, no. But if you look at the, you know, at the, the planes, like they couldn't have. It's like, look, you know, we're not talking about this. Like, goodbye. And I was like, well, that was <laughs> gracefully handled. Yeah. But, you know, you kind of, I feel like, you know, you'd, if you're not good, you could get in an awkward situation. Totally. Yeah, well, it's funny. Brian is doing this series. There's 51 Cong- uh, fifty-one city council members in New York City, I think, uh, representatives of the different districts. And he's doing one every week for a year. They come on, and they get to introduce themselves and talk about whatever's important to them. Um, and they, I can't remember who it was that was on yesterday, but someone from their district called in and was like, hey, I was like in a situation the other day where I encountered like a homeless person who really needed my help and who stopped me on the street and was like begging me for help. And I called your office to try to get you to help, but it didn't go through and I couldn't get in touch with you. And I just want to know, like, um, what should I do the next time it happens? And Brian almost never says this, but he stopped and he was like, that is such a great question. Um, that is such a great question. And he was like, New Yorkers, New Yorkers, listen to the answer to this question. We should all know the answer to this question. And he was really like stopping the whole show to be like, this moment in the show. And the person that was on the episode was just like, um, yeah, let me give you that number from my office again. It's um, 873-211. Yeah, so just give me a call and I will definitely... um. Either I'll send someone or I'll come down there. And it was just like the worst. He like made this epic moment for like That's how so funny. Yeah, it was so funny. It was such a letdown. I'd really stopped and be like, Jesus, she's about to give us the answer. What do we do to help the unhoused? Yeah. Oh, she was not ready. That is really ready. funny. Yeah. Wow, was such a human moment on yes. radio. Yes. Listen up, everybody. Because yeah. <laughs> we all have seen them around these we unhoused all, people. Yes, right? yes. It's someone asks a question that you've had in the back of your head but yes. I've never even had the bravery or, or the thought to like finally voice and yes. then the worst answer the worst answer yeah uh, why don't you just call the police next time <laughs> yeah exactly call the police and give them your location <laughs> and they'll be right over uh, and they'll hand yeah <laughs> bummer that is funny yeah but isn't that crazy if you're a person like that you have to be ready to answer any question and most of these questions are like unanswerable it's like who who the fuck knows right yeah, right. they're not gonna know. I don't think. Yeah. I don't think people in government like they have some specialized knowledge, but they don't. I think they don't know that much more stuff than we do. No. Yeah, I've often. I don't know. Like I often wonder, and it's something I should read about more. But I'll I'll voice it anyway, which is I'm not, I'm not exactly sure what exactly the like, the left, uh, take on homelessness should be, or or is. Yeah. So. Because it seems like a really complex problem. And I, I even read, I remember reading this one uh, ethnography in college about homeless people in Russia. And there's like this whole thing about, well, people have a right, should be able to be homeless if they want to be. Totally. You know? Totally. Um, and it's not, the solution is not like giving people homes. You know what I mean? Um, 
Really? Or not all the time. That's interesting. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's a, <laughs> Part of me is like, it's, a, right? it's a comma. I mean, yeah, I mean, it seems like yeah, there's also like a comma of like mental illness and public health and things like that that all like factor into it and a shortage of, of affordable housing. Like certainly all those things kind of come together. Um, but yeah, but people should have a right to be homeless, I guess. That's true. Yeah. And they should be allowed to live in Central Park. Yes. Right. Yes, they should. Or unhoused sure. people. I'm not sure if that's. I should be using that word as, as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you shouldn't be using that Interesting. word. Interesting. That's on the banned words list for reason man homeless. We say yeah. unhoused. Yes, yeah. unhoused. Yeah, no, that makes sense to me. And I do feel like um, when you see just like I don't know videos that are on Instagram of people who are just like sitting in the subway, not riding the train, and the police come and just like grab them up and carry them away. It's like, what the hell is going on? That guy's just sitting there. Yeah. People should be allowed to sit places. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Yes. What if they took you away? I wouldn't like that. No, just I wouldn't like that. Like Sarah mm-hmm. Wilson. Who would know where I was? You're not on this train. You're not going. You're not going. What if I wasn't L. wearing my contacts? Yeah. <laughs> wait, what if, wait. What do you mean? What if you were wearing your contacts? What if I was? If I wasn't wearing my contacts, I wouldn't even be able to see where I was. Go- where they were taking me. Oh, it's true. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so that would be yeah. very confusing. Yeah. Um. Uh, Alex saying, I thought this was a comedy show. I'm sorry, Alex. Yeah. Sorry. Sometimes well, the way to what's funny is through what's dark. We th- just we're still dark. in the tunnel. Yes. Alex. Comedians are philosophers, are dark philosophers who make you uncomfortable in order to open up new passageways into understanding. That's true. And we do it through laughter, and then suddenly you're laughing and you think, huh, okay, I'm learning something? Okay, I didn't okay. expect that. I thought I was just here at the comedy cellar here to laugh, but suddenly I'm learning something? Okay, all right. Speaking of, well, so we talked about. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't care about Joe Rogan, but I do think this is kind of funny. So, like, there was all these people left Spotify being like Joe Rogan saying bad stuff about, you know, saying vaccine misinformation, and nothing was, ha- you know, Spotify is not going to take Joe Rogan off. They like him. They they're paying him money to be on there. Why would they take him off? But then this compilation of Joe Rogan saying the N word came out on YouTube. Someone had grabbed all the episodes where he says the N word. And then Spotify started taking off every episode where he said the N-word. Um, and I just thought it was like a funny, weird, roundabout way to like address the issue. To address something about Joe Rogan. Yeah. And Joe Rogan did come out and was like, hey, look, I don't, I, I think that that all those, you know, me saying that stuff was bad. He's like, back then I thought it was okay to say it if you were saying it like in the sort of a reporting context, like mm-hmm. descriptive, not like calling someone that. Right. But anyways, I just thought it was funny that like, um, they found this kind of roundabout way to not really solve the problem, but still make his fans mad. Yes, that is funny. It's oh. also funny. Uh, humanity is this incredible, complex organism, and in it, there's this little molecule, this little being who is like, today I'm going to go through every episode of Joe Rogan and pull every time that he says the N word and make a YouTube video about it and change. The I wonder world. if there's <laughs> a way you can. I wonder if there's a way you can adam- automate that through uh, like. Um, you know, like transcription software or something. Yeah, it could be. That could be, but he did it. And that's amazing. I, I wouldn't, in 10 lifetimes, I wouldn't <laughs> that's spend... Right. What am I going to do today? Yeah. I sit down. <laughs> I got 4,000 weeks. Yeah. And each one is a jar that's I have to right. fill. Yeah. This week... <laughs> that one didn't make it even to your top 25 no. goals. No. It's not nowhere not near there. The, the open list. It's not, it's not, not in any jar list. in your head. Yeah. And there was yeah. a guy who was like, this is goal number one. <laughs> yes. goal I'm not going to learn to play one. the flute because I got to no. go through all the episodes no. of Joe Rogan, take out the N-word. No. 
I got to go through all the episodes of Joe Rogan and take out the N-word. And that's the number one goal. And if you remember from the beginning, so once you complete one of the goals on your closed goal list, your top three to five goals, you get to cross that out, take it off the list, and then you get to pull a new goal on your goal list. Mm-hmm. So I wonder what he's up to next, and I can't <laughs> wait to see what's, yeah. what's coming up he's for this change maker. He's covering all the instances of the Raisin Man Reno where we say No! <laughs> just kidding! Just kidding! No. We don't say that! No! We don't say that. <laughs> we don't say that. We got a long banned words list here at Raisin Man. Uh, yeah. We got banned books. We got all kinds of banned yeah. topics. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. 1984. Yeah. So it's nice and safe. You never have to worry about being challenged. You know surprised. one of the banned words? The word coochie. I do not like this you don't word. Like that sound I of that do word. not coochie. like this word. Coochie. That yeah. D- just say pussy. There are so coochie. many sexual words that I don't evoke like w- the energy that I want. Like what? I'm trying to think of what they are. I you know this. I think I've said this before. I don't like any of the words for masturbate that are for the if you have a vagina. Flicking the bean. I don't like that. Oh, I know. I don't like that shit either. Flicking the bean is gross. Uh, touch yourself is like too precious. And like the I like in- that one. The innuendo of it, it's like too elevated. I love jerking off, but I know that it evokes a thing that's not really what I'm doing, but right. I always say that. But like to say, oh, I'm masturbating right now is like overly scientific and bizarre. Um, masturbating seems I'm masturbating. What the... F- it's so weird. You think that's a good word? It's neutral. It doesn't connote anything to me. That's like scientific. Serenading it's like the cinnabar crevice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just think jerking off is a perfect, like, it's like an, uh, an unaffected term. It's kind of like callous. It's like casual. I think it's beautiful. So I always say that. Yeah, because jerking is like a penis. Jerking. You're jerking. I know, it. I know. So you're not supposed to say Wanking. It. Wanking. You could say shucking the clam. <laughs> yeah. I feel that. I don't really like the words cuddle and snuggle. They're like too really? sweet. I think of like you snuggle with your mom when you're like a baby. Snuggle. No, we're cuddle. snuggling. Cuddling. I think cuddling. We're cuddling. It's like, I don't know. I just don't like saying those words. Snuggle. Snuggle puddle. I got <laughs> a snuggle bubble. puddle with my muggles. Should <laughs> 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 uh, become a rap snuggle podcast? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> A little bubble with the snuggle puddles. <laughs> my muggle, my muggle mother is a snuggle. Yeah. yeah. Huh. I don't like the word ass. I don't like I, how it just goes. Wow, you're saying all these words that I don't feel any. I don't like the word ass. pussy. You don't like, the, like word the word pussy? You like it? Mm-hmm. I don't. I didn't like. When I, I think was a kid. I like it now. I, th- I to me. I think there's still a little part of me is my mom's voice, but a little part of me like, don't say pussy. It's like <laughs> diminutive and bad. But but then but you want a short word. To describe you know a word I that hate area. To describe a cunt. I hate that. I don't like that. Cunt is bad. That Slit is disgusting. That's, <laughs> That's disgusting. <laughs> someone, someone. I met this English guy who ca- who called it a rat. Yeah. <laughs> That's, That's messed up. You, got, you have to say pussy for lack of a better. Pussy's um, good. Yeah. The beaver. No. Bro, it's going out in another says, beaver. What's your favorite boobs word? Tits. Obviously, you do like tits, yeah. yeah, and that reflects what I'm saying about all these other words. I don't like ass because it's too like to end a word with just two s's, like ass. It's like you can't say it in a hard way. Yeah. You, you want to say tits, you're tripping. What I'm ass. not tripping, an ass, it's ass. what it is. Do you like culo? Her culo, no, <laughs> <laughs> looking at his culo. Uh, I think that's a good word. Gash, gash. Oh, yeah. god. Ugh. I oh. like boobies. Put it in my rat. <laughs> Put it in my rat. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that, yeah. That's right. Cock is a great word. Yeah, obviously. Oh, that's good. Yeah. There was a stand-up yesterday at the mic. He was, it was this guy Shaq who I was telling you guys about, and he was like talking about watching porn, and someone's, there's a woman, and she's like, yeah, give it to me. 
Give me that wiener. (laughs) 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 Made me laugh a lot. Yeah, words matter, folks. Words matter. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I was listening to when Joan Didion died, the the NPR was constantly playing old interviews with her and stuff, and she was talking about how much she loves words. And I was thinking, oh, that must have been like a kind of a cool thing to say in the 80s. Now people yeah, say that. Oh, it's it's dorky. It's dorky to say yeah. you like words. It? Yeah. yeah, it sucks. It sucks. It is. It sucks. Well, I've so. been hearing the word word cell as like a, as like a result of a wordle. I think the idea being that there are people who are, um, you know, celibate but like words. I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose now cell just means somebody who really likes a thing. So if you're a word cell... You're nerd. You're a nerd about words. What do you think about that? If you're a word cell, can we debate this? Yeah, we got ten minutes left. That's funny. It reminds me of um, there's someone I know from college who has an Instagram where they define all the different types of um sexualities that there are, like really getting into stuff that I haven't even heard of. You know, like demisexual, past that, like different types of asexual. I wish I could remember some of the terms. Aromantic. Uh, yeah, uh, all this different stuff. And she has this funny way of making these posts that like define what the different things are. And like, there's a list of like, if you feel this way, then you might be this. If you feel this way, then you might be this. And then the last one on every list is always, or if you just identify with the word. And it like, I love that of, one. Yeah. I love that one. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's funny. That's sort of a post. Uh, that's identity moving into it just only exists verbally. Like it's all just about the label as the start and end. I just like that word. Identify as that word. That I sound like that. Yeah. is a nice sound. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Maybe it's I guess it's been said before, but you know, what point like does a definition becomes tautological, right? Mm-hmm. You could just describe anything as a word and be like, I'm that and it doesn't connote any sort of it doesn't even assign like marginal status. It's just like that's just a word that I've invented to describe the particular set of things that I do. Yes, yes. I use the word craven to describe all kinds of stuff that's not craven. It's true. You it's do use craven. Word. Everybody's yeah. got those words. Yeah. I was sleeping with someone and I used the word breed <laughs> while we were sleeping together, God. and they said that's a hot word. Yeah. Uh, maybe. Hmm. Breed. But that, that's not raising man's hot words. It so makes me think of mammals breed. like otters and stuff like that. Like hairy mammals. I think, yeah, well, I think that's part of it. You know, you're kind of reducing what you're doing to a sort of some kind of debased act. Mm. I guess so. I guess so. What about bumping uglies? I don't like that. I like bumping mics. Nice. Can you hear that? I got, I got the fuzzy, so it just sounds like a, like a soft... Um, scary cars coming out. Oh, that's right. Yeah, we should plug it. So, okay, this Friday. So, what's today? <laughs> Wednesday. This Wednesday. Friday, uh, on Eternal TV and apps. Don't know what these apps are, but I suppose if you go to the app store and you write Eternal TV, you'll see them. There's going to be the Eternal Family Night. So this is at 7 p.m. Pacific time. So if you're on California, 7 p.m. Guys, please don't bump mics. <laughs> well, I'm explaining this. So, okay, 7 p.m. comes around and you're living in sunny, sunny L.A. Go to eternal.tv, pay $5 for the subscription. You can unsubscribe later if you want. And, and watch streaming Simple Town's new movie, Scary Car, okay? And if you're living in uh, rainy, rainy New York, the city's so nice, they had to name it twice. Uh, y- that's at 10 p.m. 
So Friday night, 10 p.m., what are you, you're not doing anything? That's You go to eternal.tv and you watch Bingo. Scary Car. Okay, cut to, fast forward. Next week, <laughs> next <laughs> Friday. Scary Car is going to be screening live. We're going to do a show. We're going to be there. There's going to be a dance party after. Maybe we'll get pizza. I bet we'll get pizza. Well, maybe we'll get pizza. Maybe it's just for us <laughs> and not for the people who have come. <laughs> but, uh, you know, that's just for, you know, for us to know. So, uh, and, and, and that's next Friday at 10 p.m.? At 10 p.m. At Life World. And a lot of people were confused because there's not a way to RSVP just yet. There is. Now there is. Oh. There hasn't been. Go on the Life World <laughs> website and get a ticket. It used to be free. We decided it's not free. Uh, sorry. Sorry. It's five dollars, <laughs> and it's ten ten p.m. and it's in Life World. And where is Life World? Can you say the address? Or is it's it in Gowanus? We can say it on the podcast. Is it a secret? Why don't you guys put it on your thing? Um, because the Glove never put their address on anything. Okay. And we're it's the cool. um the successor to the Glove. Just it's cool. <laughs> I wish you know you. I I honestly feel corny talking about the Glove. Sorry to go off on this tangent for please, a second. Please, but like it is truly a place where I feel like I'll spend the rest of my life being like. Oh, you never went to the Glove in New York? Oh, fuck. That was like, yeah. that was the coolest venue. Yeah, I can't believe it doesn't rest in peace. Yeah. 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 Because I, I really do. In my memory, I don't think it's like grown past what it was, but it was the greatest How many times venue. did you go to the Glove? More times than I can remember. Really? Yeah. I, I must have been there six times. Mm. Me too. Yeah. So great. You ever go in the bar that was in the back? Bar was great. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So great. So fucking great. The roof, smoking roof. It was a good venue. It was oh awesome. Oh, my gosh. And it had a stage in it and sort of like moving pieces. You couldn't build your own stage. I wish, I wish we were doing the Raisin Man live show here, there. But instead, we are on the search for the, uh, the venue. For what if it. we just did it at Troutman again? We could. <laughs> Bro. You see those photos I posted yesterday and you're like, oh, it wasn't so bad. Someone was telling me yesterday, they were like, the Raisin Man show was so fun. It used to be so fun. Yeah, it used to be. Yeah. It, we were young then. I can't believe it. I was literally like 24 years old. It feels so like long, yeah. long ago. So many weeks ago. Yeah. But uh, anyway, so next Friday, Alex 10 says p.m. the pics don't look that sick. All right. <laughs> All right. Uh, All right. That's funny. All right. Fuck <laughs> off. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Looks. People, no, it says people oh, love to talk oh, about, talking about death by audio, not the reason we have live yeah. show. <laughs> um, so, so, okay. Yeah, go on to 10 p.m. next Friday. Come see Scary Car. There's going to be other movie screening. There's going to be other movie screening. Bye. There's also going to be Brooke Elliott's show before. You want to come at 8 p.m. Brooke Elliott, extremely yeah. funny. Yes. She's doing her solo show called Literally Anything. We should have her on. You should have her on. She's one of my faves. Stick her and around. Whitley's. It's Whitley's show, too. That, right? No, that's this weekend. Oh, We're doing a Brooke double feature. February Life where it's all about Brooke Elliott. It's Brookuary, folks. And if you don't know Brooke, everybody likes her. Mm-hmm. So, and she's very funny. And she asked me to do a little bit on that show. Really? Right? A tiny little part. Oh, yeah. shit. On Horniest Comedians? or Hor- Horniest Comedians. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Very nice. Oh, so and then I'll say this. Oh, well, th- so that's the plug for that. The tickets are online, and it's going to be really fun. We're going to have a party afterwards. Um, and I, the video is so good. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Wait, Scary Car. Yes, I love oh, Scary oh, Car. And I don't always talk this way about things that I am part of. Um, but what's funny about that is I was watching it, and I was loving it so much. I was watching the final cut of it. I was like, this is so great. Like, I love this video. I'm so proud of my friends. And then I got to the credits, and a producer credit came up, and it had my name mm-hmm. under it. 
And I was like, well, you, what do you know? I produced this. Well, Sarah, there's the answer to your question. If you get to your 30s and you produce more stuff like Scary Car, I'll be, you'll be just happy. smiling, smiling. But it's funny because I, I did not, I did the sound. I didn't. And I sat next to you and read up yep. from an ebook. <laughs> <laughs> well, those are important yeah. roles. Yeah, that's right. Both are important roles to that's play. That's right. And I only snapped once when I got frustrated. Um, what can you? What was it? I got frustrated because one of the mics wasn't working, and I wanted to do the a take again. And um, I was told that there wasn't enough time oh, to do another yeah. take, and that yeah, yeah, I was yeah. frustrated because I wanted I wanted another take. Um, so I'm dedicated to the work. What was I? What the fuck was I talking because about? Oh, people should come to this thing. And then I was going to say that you were in Matt Baratz's one-person show that happened last week, and at that show was great. I loved it. It was really funny. It was really funny. And yeah, I saw Alex Tatarski for the first time. She's a clown. They're a clown. Follow this person if you don't, because I think that they are really, really good, and I love what they did. I wish that I we could spend the podcast just saying bits from other people's shows I and know. likes that we've seen. Because I, 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 I was just saying that bit from that uh, from the mic last night. There was someone else's bit that I wanted to say, and I thought I'm not going to say it. I want to just name all the bit, all the Matt Bratz bits. I just want to read. Oh them. my gosh, I've been saying them to people. I've been like, oh, oh he did this bit, he did this bit. Yeah, I know. I it just makes me feel like a kid when I see a really good comedy show because I used to memorize people's yeah, acts and right. stuff. I of course, to them. yeah, yeah. That's how you become funny. That's how you become funny. Memorize other people's jokes, um, and but to see someone who's really good even now, I'm like memorizing their bits and yeah, right. Yeah, I don't write them down, but I just repeat them and repeat them. Well, it's funny. Matt gave me this thing to read, and I, had, I said, "Can I keep this?" <laughs> <laughs> and he said no. <laughs> really? Yeah, he said you, you can't keep it. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. You know it's a you know it's a bit that I love that I listen to over and over. It's what? in Steve Martin's stand-up album and it's about um him getting a new new record, new stereo system. One of the fu- I literally I'm obsessed with this bit. Mm. You got to listen to this. How does it go? I haven't memorized it word for word, but he's like, I got a new stereo, the double speaker. He's like, but then, you know, the ear gets used to it. After a while, that wasn't enough. So I got the quadruple system, <laughs> and that sounded great. He's like, and that was the sound for me. He's like, <laughs> but then, you know, the ear gets used to it. Uh, and I got, and I was like, this sounds like shit. He's like, so then I get the, you know, he keeps like getting more and more speakers. Like, yeah. And then I got the Google Phonics. He's like, billions of speakers. I was like, this sounds like shit. <laughs> and he keeps getting, and then he's like, uh, so then I thought, oh, it must be the needle. He's like, so I got a moon rock needle. See, I'm fucking up this bit. But then he f- he fucks up the bit while he tells it, and he keeps making jokes about it. That's funny. He At one point, he like he keeps fucking up the bit, and he's like, oh, blah, blah, blah. and then he goes, fuck. He's like, this is the bit that's going to make me. And it gets a <laughs> big laugh from the audience. <laughs> and it's like one of my favorite moments, and he just keeps growing. I can't remember how it ends. That sounds good. Yeah. Oh, and then at the end, he's like, and so I got a Google Phonics stereo with a moon rock. Blah, 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 blah. And he's like, fuck. He's like, I must be stoned. And then yeah. it ends. I guess I have memorized it. That's so funny. That's <laughs> wow, <laughs> we got to hear that. That's we so funny. Did you get why that's funny or did it not come I think so. Well, it sounds like, it sounds like uh, you're doing a poor job of <laughs> capturing oh, this yeah, part. Yep, but yep, yep. It sounds like the funny part is that he's sort of, it's a complex bit, but he sort of starts to mess it up. But yeah. he kind of, because he's Steve Martin, he's so, he's so verse, he, he, versatile he can just sort of he he saves it and that it becomes the joke that the bit is too long yes 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 Yes. masterful but it's really funny to think you know you get one speaker and then you get tired of the speaker so you get more and more until you get that to me is not it's not funny funny. that's not funny that's sort of like a math math joke (laughs) 
There you go, Sarah. I love a good math joke. And plus, it's about consumerism. Can you hear us bump the mics when we do it? Yeah. Okay, and it cool, hurts cool. so much. <laughs> blows it's out really my annoying. Yeah, that's no. what I'm going for with that. Um, that's funny. That makes me think of last night I was watching an episode of Hey Arnold. Oh, almost, we're almost done, by the way. Okay, well, I got two more things to say. Okay. Uh, last, <laughs> <laughs> last night I was watching And then I have a, th- a bit I want to talk about, too. <laughs> <laughs> I was watching an episode of Hey Arnold, and it was just kind of a random episode, but it was this episode where Arnold tries to have the perfect day. Okay. Have you seen this? You remember it? I it's don't okay think so. He he comes across. He has this list that's like been passed down from kid to kid. That's like this is what you have to do to have the perfect day. You have to wake up at six in the morning. You have to watch cartoons for this many hours. You have to eat three bowls of sugar cereal. You have to bike down the highest hill in town. You have to go watch a movie at the movie theater three times in a row. Um, and have this perfect day. And it gets all fucked up because you can't do it. It's impossible to have the perfect day. And um, it was just really funny to watch this this episode because as recently as last weekend, I had a really fun day last weekend that I had was like, I'm going to have the perfect day. This is the perfect day. I put together this, knowing that I was like, this is the Hey Arnold thing. I'm going to do a perfect day. And did you manage it? Uh, no. Um, oh, <laughs> and just to think that like when you're a kid, shit gets planted so formatively in your memory that and it sticks with you for so long and it made me wonder like am i as open to things i experience now like letting them um change the landscape of my mind or is it not possible because as you get older your brain becomes cement dried up i think i think at 26 you still are open i think maybe once we get to 27 40 or 50 that's when our lives become drudgery and depression so it's safe i think when you get older there's a potential for your life to get start getting weird again (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> i'm excited for that i think you can have nice moments all throughout actually yeah, yeah. besides yeah. i think nice days happen sort of by luck. you can have some nice moments throughout um okay so that's one thing and then one other thing michael candell says coochie is funny no it's not no Bro, it's you're not. five no, topics behind you're five topics <laughs> with it. i just want to say about how good i thought alex tatarski's thing was i feel like a lot of comedians try to do this thing where they kind of break the fourth wall where i mean part of the thing of stand-up is like to be really natural as if you're just talking to the audience and the audience uh-huh. believes you have not pre-written the material and you're just there with them um, and that's not what Alex tries to do, but there's something about the way that they are on stage where I was like, this person is really like talking to us right now. They felt so like in the room, the way that they were just sort of like awkwardly laughing as they would do their bits. And like, there was just something about how loose it was that I was like, oh my gosh, I was really amazed by it. It felt so, um, like honest or something. That's Even as it was like they're playing specifically playing a character, pretending to be a clown, wearing all this makeup and this outfit. But it, it felt really good to me. I really thought that's it was interesting. Great. I'll yeah. be honest. I did not connect with it. We're and cutting I, that out of the podcast. And maybe we should cut out. I mean I'm I'm I think they're a good they're a great artist. I did not connect well, you with don't that. Like that Mm. I mean, maybe I'll take that out. I, don't yeah, know. Yeah, I was yeah. like, I'm not gonna, sh- I'm not gonna be fake. I'm gonna say the truth. I did if some of the things you're it. naming. I'm like specifically those things I did not connect with. I loved it. All right. Well, then there goes the show. Different things are for different people. Yeah. Um, can I describe my favorite stand-up <sighs> bit? We're like so loud. We're yes, so, we're and I know I can't. I can't be the one to say we gotta finish because okay, well, I just described a bit. No one laughed at, but you, so you go. But then we gotta finish. Okay. Okay. Well, this is my favorite bit, and it, and I, I want to describe it because I th- I hope it will get you interested in watching the oh stand-up God. special. Oh my God. <laughs> Leave me alone. I'm not watching it. <laughs> Right, so my it. favorite stand-up bit ever, it made me want to do stand-up, was Stuart Lee in his special, Carpet Remnant World. He describes becoming a father. Yeah, great bit. And not knowing, not having any more material about his life to do stand-up about because his life is filled with taking care of his kids and he doesn't want to do don't kids say the funniest things like type mm-hmm. comedy. So he Thank des- God. So he describes 
going driving on the M1, which is like a highway in Britain, and like he's trying to think of different comedy ideas, and he drives by a place called Golf World of Golf, and he goes and he thinks, oh, what would that be like? A world where everything is made of golf stuff, and and in the bit he describes going into the store and describing it to to like the clerk, you know, he's like, oh, World of Golf, you know, there's like little golf equipment, like the trees are made out of little like golf clubs and stuff like that, and the clerk's like, get out, this is stupid, stupid bit. Then he goes to another world, and it's like world of leather and he's like oh what would that be like a world of leather and he like describes it to the clerk and the clerk's like this is a stupid idea and then he goes and then he goes to and this bit is like maybe 14 minutes long <laughs> he goes to, he drives by office remnant world or no, uh, world. no no sorry office world office world. Uh, office world and which i guess is a real store in britain and then he describes a clerk running out into the parking lot and he describes the clerk's body and it's and it's different office equipment yeah <laughs> down to his dna down, down to his like dna like he he's like describes for like maybe 5 minutes like the way this this clerk is built like a like from different office equipment and then stuart lee's talking to this clerk and he's like why did you do this and the clerk was like well i wanted to tank your bit so I got so many different things of my body switched to be office equipment. And, that, and I knew you would want to describe all of them. But I got too many for it to be funny. So you ended up having to describe a concept that was too cumbersome and burdensome to make anybody in the room laugh. Mm. And the trust in you as a stand-up comedian would slowly dissipate throughout the room. And... Uh, that's the joke, basically. Wow. <laughs> you know, it's, mm. But are it's you? A for, it's a far cry from the knock knock jokes of old. <laughs> yes. A far cry. Are you and it's when he does it, it's really funny. Are you laughing during throughout the whole thing, or is, do you lose trust in him? You lose when he starts describing the office stuff. It's really beautiful and detailed, but you're thinking, okay, this isn't funny. Like, why is he? Why he, he takes a long time to describe like a piece of office equipment that they don't make anymore? That's like mm. from the eighties, and he's like. Okay, that thing, that was his DNA. You know, like he, he, <laughs> he, like, he, he, it's too long. And then he describes, and you feel like, oh, this guy's losing the story. He's mm. losing me. And then he describes basically what he's done to you. You know, he's like, I deliberately did that. Like the, the clerk is like, I deliberately did this thing to you so that you would, it would fuck up your comedy bit, you know? Um, and it, it is funny. All right. That is a funny bit. I like it too. I can see it's not landing with Sarah. I, I don't know I like if I've gotten too. her to want to watch the show. It's more of a thinker, <laughs> but uh, well, thank you so much for joining us on Raisin Man Arena. Uh, let's hear a catchphrase. Watch Stuart Lee's Carpet Remnant World. Watch Stuart Lee's Carpet Remnant World. Raisin Man Arena.